0: Well, good morning. Good to see you today. Uh, so glad to have you uh, here. And uh, I want to welcome all of our campuses right now, uh, whether you're joining us uh, from North, uh, downtown, West, uh, anybody online. Uh, so glad you're here at Northwest. And uh, we had uh, a great end of 2019. I hope you had a great New Year's. And I uh, just want to celebrate a, a couple of things with you before we uh, continue on. We had uh, 606 baptisms in 2019, and that's uh, something we celebrate around here. Uh, Christmas services were really amazing. Uh, we had about 20,000 people that showed up across all of our campuses, another 40,000 people engaged online, and um, we had about 900 uh, journey bags that were put together and distributed for the kid for kids in the foster care system. So I just want to thank you uh, for being an amazing church and a church that uh, is such an honor to serve you as pastor. And I'm looking forward to, we give God all the glory for 2019. We're looking ahead to 2020 and we're excited for all he's going to do. And uh, I've been looking forward to this particular day. Uh, for months and uh, we've got some special friends that uh, I'm going to sit down with and talk to and so I'm really really glad that you're here and uh, before we bring them out I want you to take a look at this uh, quick video
1: Everything. I had to make people believe that I was happy when I had everything. When you're on TV every day, when you have the checks rolling in, when you have sold-out arena shows, it's like, they're like, oh, man, you have it all. Man, you're like, oh, you see Brian, he's doing so good. See the corn guys are doing so good. They have, man. I had to... that role that everyone thought i had everything so i had to act like i was happy and things were okay and my dad i guess i wanted to show him that i could make it on my own and and be okay and my mom i didn't want to worry so so i just it was just i lived a lie To me, I I knew something was missing because I was trying to fill an empty space with something that was hurting me. Hey, can you give it up for Brian? Good morning, Traders Point.
0: Hey, man, thanks uh, for being here. We've been uh, looking forward to doing this for a long time. We finally got it.
1: I just want to say, this guy, your pastor made me eat octopus last night. (laughs) It was nasty.
0: You enjoyed it more than you let on.
1: I forgot about what it was for a split second. And then they turned it over and you see the sucker things and I'm like, did I chew that? Uh."
0: Well, you know, uh, Indiana is the best place to get fresh seafood, so. (laughs) Not. Man, uh, I really appreciate uh, you being here and appreciate your friendship. And for anybody that's here today, um, I know a lot of people are here today because they know who you are. But there's probably somebody here who may not be as familiar with you or your story. So why don't you just kind of catch us up. Who are you?
1: My name Brian Welch. Um, I started uh, Corn in 1993, in Huntington Beach, California. We all grew up in Bakersfield, California, home of Buck Owens and Hee Haw, the country music star, and so we rebelled and got into heavy metal, and uh, just, it was everything to us, and uh, yeah, uh, I met the band in elementary, junior high, in high school, and uh, we just happened to regroup and head to Los Angeles, and we got a record deal around 93, went to the studio and hit the road, and it just kind of grew pretty fast.
0: Yeah, I remember, I was a senior in high school.
1: Really? I'm old. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And, you know, Corn was known for just being uh, real and raw emotionally. Our singer was was just, he, like, opened his soul and just was like, this is me. This is what I've been through. Whether it uh, was parental, like, issues, abuse, um, you know, bullying was a problem for all of us. At one point, we got bully- bullied and everything. So we took all that aggression of the of the negative things in life and put it into music yeah. and so people related we had a cult following right away and it just kept growing and growing man it's, it's just wild
0: so the the late 90s like that's sort of like i mean things were crazy so just to describe a little bit of what you guys were walking through then
1: the 90s was chaotic it was just you know the the music business was at its height i mean record sales were through the roof um, we were on Sony music and, uh, Epic records. Michael Jackson was on the, the record, the record label. It was just so huge. It was bigger than life. The, uh, um, I remember the president of the label had like his own, he had like just, um, threats of, of, on his life and everything. And just weird stuff happens. You know, Michael Jackson had his own like, uh, elevator to the. To his office and everything it was really trippy so it was just surreal life you know cuz i got when we got a record deal i was like 24 and um when we moved up to the to the point where we could actually meet with the same guy that works with michael uh you know i was just like man i had a toyota celica 3 years ago we had dents in it and now i'm like meeting with this dude and so it was just surreal life you know but The 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 lifestyle just came with the whole the you know the money and the fame and the temptations the girls the the drugs and all that it just it ate ate us away you know and um, we wanted to be fathers and parents but we wanted to be these freaks and rock stars and drug addicts too it was like a tug of war of like what's our identity in this world you know who just kind of young kids didn't know what the heck we were doing. Yeah.
0: And so you, um, sort of, uh, went through, you know, a crisis during that time. What, what was the thing that sort of tripped it for you?
1: Um, it was a lot of things, but it was just like, I I lost who I was, you know, but my daughter was the main thing. Janae Welch. She was born into this world. She was this perfect picture of purity, you know, just this little baby. And she just was like, you know, mommy, daddy, she, and and here I was just this crazy rock star living in debauchery, you know. And I'm like, I thought you think hidden, you know, your hidden life is not going to affect you, but it really, it really affects the deepest part of who you are, and then it starts to manifest and corrupt, you know, your family, your friends, your uh, your your inner life, your mind, your emotions, and everything. And so that's what happened. And uh, but but. I, I kept wanting to be the best version of myself that I could. So I tried to get sober a couple of times and I just couldn't, man. When I, when I hit the road again, it was like Jägermeister endorsement, you know, the roadies having drugs all the time, um, Doritos and, and beer. That's what we had backstage. <laughs> it was just like cases and cases of beer. So all your friends are just drinking. I tried not to drink and it was just, I couldn't, it was, it was, it was too hard.
0: And so uh, you get an invitation to church. Uh, tell us about that. Were you eager to go? Did you wanna go? Like what was, what was going on then?
1: It was, it was me trying to get sober so many times and I couldn't do it on my own. You know, I wanted to be the best dad for my daughter, but I just, you know, like I said, I kept falling back. And I was like, man, I tried to go into out, outpatient rehabs to get clean and I just, nothing worked. And so the last resort, it was God, actually, and that's how kind He is. He'll He'll take you in. Just you can reject Him your whole life, you know. My dad, who's watching with my mom, yeah, give him a shout out. Yeah, shout still. out to the Welches. Uh, you know, my dad found God. Your parents
0: are the sweetest people. Yeah, you
1: the met them at my daughter's graduation. They're totally opposite of this picture. Yes, right?
0: I don't see how they produced
1: you. My God. <laughs> but uh. So my dad found the Lord just later in life, you know, and it's, uh, and I don't know where I was going. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, who, who invited you to church? What motivated you to go? So it was, yeah, it was a thing where, you know, it was a last resort and, uh, and all I thought was just growing up in the eighties, you saw those weird Christian channels with the, doing the weird things and the weird outfits and the weird stages. And, and then you saw The Simpsons with Ned Flanders, you know, and that's what I thought Christians were—just those people that they're so happy, they're not real, and they're just like, "Hey, God bless you, brother." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you want to—they're so nice, you know—and you want to choke them. Yeah. So. So I uh, I ended up being invited to go to church with a real estate partner. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict and a meth head, and I was successful in real estate, go figure. I was a functioning drug addict, but these guys were Christians. God set me up. Cause I love to make my money grow. Back in the old days, I was just like, I love to, I didn't like to waste it. And these guys were Christians and they invited me to go to church. They could see, man, I was, I was ready. And the, the, the real estate agent, he just, he, one morning I was up all night on meth and I got this email and I opened it. And he said, Hey Brian, this is Eric. Um, I'm going through my Bible this morning and I don't mean to sound weird, but I felt like this scripture might mean something to you. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he said, I just thought it would mean something to you. Um, you know, let's get together and talk. If you want to talk about something again, I don't mean to be weird. I don't do this often. And I just, I got together with them and that set it in motion. They took me to church.
0: That's amazing. So you have this little girl. She's 21 now. We're gonna bring her out in a 21. minute, Janea. And um, tell us a little bit about the documentary Loud Crazy Love.
1: Yeah, Loud Crazy Love. It was an idea I had actually in 2005 after I had my spiritual awakening. And um, I started filming my life just because it was so dramatic, you know, the change. And especially back then, it was a shock. You know, this guy in this dark band comes to Jesus and now he quits the band and wants to follow Jesus. And it's just like, what? You know, and uh, Kanye West had been known for doing that lately. But, you know, back then it was just like, a, it was a shock. But uh, so I started filming these things. And I tried to make a documentary a few times and put my own money into it. And it would just crash and burn. And, and I said, I just put the stuff in, in the storage. And I'm like, I'm not messing with it. And uh, so I got, I am second. Who did you know they have iamsecond.com they do a bunch of different short testimonial videos of you know athletes uh musicians or or just you know normal people just a mixture mm-hmm. and so uh they they got together with norm miller from interstate batteries and um he uh he donated the money to get this project going and we finished it in about five years um, Showtime picked it up. It's on Showtime right now. It's also out on, on for sale on DVD and everything. And so, yeah, it's about Janaea being born into the chaotic rock and roll world, the damage done to me, her and her mom, and the restoration that's happening.
0: Yeah. So we want to bring Janae out, but uh, before we do that, I want you to take a look at this uh, short video clip.
2: My dad was gone. I didn't think that was right. I knew something was missing there. Go, go! She's got first place. She's got
1: first
2: plane. Yes, she's got first place. Yeah,
0: Hey, can we give it up for Janae? uh, Making everybody cry.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, Janae, it's so good to have you. So good to see you again. Uh, Tell us a little bit of what it was like to grow up in this crazy guy's house. Hey.
2: (laughs) I was like, come on. No. Um, Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think uh, people think of, uh, a girl growing up as a rock star's kid, they think it's all glamorous and whatever. And there were some really good times, you know, like going on the road and seeing, uh, I guess, going to Europe and stuff. I went to Europe when I was four, five months old or something. Four Just, months old, Australia. Yeah, yeah Australia, that's yeah. what it was. We
1: were, we, uh, she petted Dolphin. We took her hand to put on the dolphin. So she had some perks, you know? Yeah. There were some good times.
2: There were some really, really good times, um, but the mis- i think the misunderstanding is that uh, behind the curtains, um, I grew up in a broken home, you know, a single, single-parent home, and so that was hard. Um, not having my mom around really affected my self-esteem, and um, ha- uh, it really affected my my trust with people.
0: Yeah. So, do you remember, um, you know, when your dad came home and said, "Janae, we're going to church," and that whole season of life, do you remember that?
2: Yes, I remember it literally like it was yesterday because it was so monumental in uh, my life and his, and um, I felt like, well, corn was his job, and so I felt like he was quitting his job, and so it felt like that's not supposed to happen, parents go to work, you know, and really, and so, but I was happy because my dad was gonna be home, and so that was fun.
0: So was it uh, like, so Brian, you give your life to Christ. Uh, you quit corn, stay home to be Janae's dad. So was everything just like puppies and rainbows after that? Was it, I would imagine it's just like up and to the right. Yep. Amazing. once I got
1: baptized, it was just all the old me went down and I raised up perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I've had a lot of uh, heaven on earth. I've had a lot of hell on earth. Um, I've had a lot of issues that I've faced and I still am facing issues but that doesn't mean that God isn't real. He's so very real in the midst of our brokenness and failures. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I've heard you talk about this a little bit, Jenea. You know, it's almost as if your dad went from one extreme to another. So talk a little bit about that, like from rock star to religion. And uh, what, how, how was that for you?
2: Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> I think some things to consider was that he was coming off of meth, you know, like he, he was having some withdrawals and stuff, um, learning how to do just normal life stuff, I guess. And so it's, it's funny because like there was, I, I get it now, but as a kid, like I couldn't watch um, That's a Raven because she's a psychic and that was, you know, that was not. Uh, I was on Disney. I was a little yeah.
1: bit legalistic. Sorry.
2: <laughs> it's okay. Did I and apologize so, ever for that? Yes, you did, and it's all good. And I understand it because you were so you were so in darkness that you wanted everything to be pure and clean, whatever it was. And so um, so that was stereotyped as bad and no, none of that. And but so, we
1: would watch Urkel yeah,
2: yeah, 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 on yeah.
1: family matters. So it's not like it she balanced. didn't have any fun.
2: <laughs> it balanced
0: but I like how, you know, you've described that before. It's like, you know, a spiritual birth, like babies are pure and clean and innocent. You yeah. were like kind of reacclimating
1: in many ways. And it was a season, man, I had to go through. And, um, you know, yeah, just like the, the natural babies are in a sterile environment for a certain amount of time, you know, and then they're introduced to the world. I needed that spiritually. I put all my corn awards in the garage and uh, it's in the movie, she walks by him and she's like five years old or six and she's like my dad what'd you say my my dad uh-huh. loves me more than these or something like that something to that effect and so it was just a period where i had to get rid of the idols everything that i worshiped you know out of my life but then slowly once you once you get your heart right and everything he starts to give you stuff back that don't consume you anymore you know it's just you know like corn the wards are a blessing you know it's something i achieved in this life but uh it was a season, though I had to walk through things and face things, and I just hated the old me, you know. But now I come to grips with I was just broken, you know, and and I love myself now, even my flaws and all that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know. Um, in first corinthians you know paul says everything is permissible not everything is beneficial and that's just kind of just comes to my mind i think all of us kind of have to draw that line somewhere it's like those matters of conscience what do we consume where do we put ourselves on and we're all growing spiritually so i think that's uh, describes that jenna what was uh, life like for you um, in adolescence like your middle school years like um I know that you traveled through some, you know, really dark times. You got really vulnerable in the documentary. So, what was going on, you know, with you during those years?
2: Um well, I think when I hit 12 or 13, I really, I stopped experiencing the pain and I realized that it hurt, you know? Because when you're a kid, you, you're experiencing everything for the first time. And so when I turned 12, 13, I was like, oh, when that happened, that hurt me. And I'm hurting right now because of it. And so, um, yeah, I just got in a, in a group of friends who were going through sa- similar things, broken homes and whatever. And with social media, self-harm was like, was a big thing and a reliever. And so, um, Yeah, that that, I guess I just fell into that, and I didn't know how to use the. I didn't know how to articulate that I was hurting, so that's why I would self harm was because I didn't. I had so much pain in my heart that I didn't know how to express it, or I didn't have anyone that I could trust enough to tell how how much I was hurting. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. So. All that sort of comes to the head at like the end of 2012, beginning of 2013. So describe for us uh, what happened in January 2013.
2: Well, um, when I was 14, I kind of hit like a rock bottom, just like having suicidal thoughts, just because it felt like, suicide felt like an unplug from life. You know, I I felt like I couldn't escape my pain. Like it felt like it was too much to bear. And so, um, in January 2013, I went to um, a boarding school actually in Lafayette, Indiana. It's called Awakening Youth, and, um, yeah, I mean, it changed my life. And when you hear boarding school, you either think military school or, like, program, you know, and it was, it was neither of those. It was, it was a therapeutic experience, and it was nothing like I'd ever had before, so.
1: Yeah,
0: so, Brian, what was it like to drop Janae off at boarding school?
1: It was the hardest day of my life, uh, one of the hardest days emotionally, because, you know, I've been walking with God, and the number one thing was, like, keep her close to you. And here I was living the opposite, and so it looked like God had failed me. And, but I had nowhere to go because I knew he was real. I know that I felt his love, and I've developed this relationship with him. But, um, so I just had to trust that uh, this was a, a good move for her, And, and, you know, I was having I had some good counsel and some advice from friends and she needed the feminine touch in her life. Right. She was with dad, you know, and I'm just look at me, you know, (laughs) so she needed that feminine touch. And so when I took her to the school, it was crazy. We were in California during Christmas and at that time she had she had really damaged her arms with uh, self-harm. From shoulders to wrist and so it was like in a danger zone and i i had to trick her and tell her that we we're just going to visit someone and just stop by and see the facility or what, whatever i said because she threatened to run away and so we walked in there and looked at it and she was just she was voicing to me like with her mouth like let's go let's get out of here and so the founder tiffany looked at me and said tell her and i said janea we're not just visiting we're i'm enrolling you here and she like lost it broke right in front of me and just started crying and i just looked at her i said i'll never abandon you like i'm not giving you to somebody because because i'm done with you and i don't love you i just you know i cried for a couple days and just drove to the to the airport went straight home to nashville and just sat in my house for couple of days and just you know so bummed I felt like a failure as a parent and why did I have to come to this you know but it was the it was a new beginning and it set uh, a new chapter in her life and my life that would uh, get us to the point where we are at right now absolutely thank you so you did you did not
0: want to be there so what changed
2: Oh my goodness. Well, I think what's something, what's important to recognize is that um, being because I was tossed around from family to family to nanny to nanny. The my dad's here, my dad's not here. You know, it, it I didn't learn proper bonding as a kid, especially with my mom being gone too. And so when he dropped me off, it it, it triggered a, a abandonment issues, you know, in inside of me. And I guess when it took years for me to really trust that this was going to be good for me in that I'm not being punished. You know, being being in the school wasn't a punishment. It was sincerely something that would change my life, you know? And so all I wanted was friends that loved me for me and not just because I'm his daughter. (laughs) And I wanted um, just consistency and wanted to go to school and do sports and do like the normal thing. And that's what awakening provided. And so it changed my life. It gave me um, self-esteem. It helped me learn who I was without all the noise of social media and whatnot. And so, yeah, it was amazing. It changed my life.
0: And it's been amazing because uh, I think I first met you when you were like 14 or 15. And so it's been amazing just to watch you grow and mature. And, and you'd always, uh, you know, sit right behind me on that second row right over there because you'd come to church here and Brian would show up every now and then and I'd be like, okay. I'd do a double take. I'd be like, is that Jesus? Is that-?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he's got tattoos. That's not Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, we've been coming here off and, off and on for a long time. I just had to sell my house. I had a, a, a little condo because she's been here so long that I got a condo so we could have our own, like, space. I also live in Nashville. So five years I was here, and I just sold it. My uh, realtor, Jason, sold it for me in, like, 27 hours or something crazy. So I'm sad to go, but uh, I, she's still here, so I come back a lot, and I love Indy. It's got a special place in my heart.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Jenea, what would you say to other young people? Like, you know, there's probably a lot of young people here that can't relate to everything in your story, but they can relate to a lot of it. And so, like, what would you say to a young person right here who is being bullied? Maybe they're uh, hurting themselves. Maybe they're just feeling like there's no hope. How would you encourage them today?
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, I would just take their little hands because I think, like, personal connection is so important. That's what changed my life. And so... Just telling them that they're not alone, and that your your circumstance isn't isn't untouchable. Like, you, if if I can get through, and if I can get through suicidal thoughts, and be happy to wake up in the morning and like enjoy life, like you can too. And I would just say you're worth you're worth fighting for. So yeah,
1: for sure. You know what I like? Yes. Thank you. So true. And honestly, you can't see it now, but. All of that is fuel to, to give you a fire for passion that, that you can use to make a, such a huge difference. You see it time and time again, where people have like hard times in their lives and it becomes their strength later on in life. So you just hang on and, and work through it now and it's gonna, it's, it's gonna turn around and create something really magical in your life later in the future. Seriously, pain has a purpose, it's true. You know it as a pastor, God doesn't waste any pain. It refines you and it becomes part of your story. It's a great way to put it. So Brian, you uh,
0: quit the band, walked away, but then a few years ago, uh, you reunite. I mean, these guys were like, you know, your brothers, like you grew up with them. You run into them at some kind of a festival and, um, and we wanna show uh, a video clip of you playing with the band for the first time after you quit. So take a look at this video. Here go, boys,
1: I want to bring out one of my truest and oldest and most
2: beloved old friends. It just felt really good and it felt right. It felt like the band just went and everything was right. And uh, all I could do is cry, man. Wow,
0: corn never sounded so good in church.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow, that's a killer system they got here, right? (laughs)
0: So, uh, man, uh, those, those concerts are crazy, man. I mean, you invited me to a concert a couple years ago, and I got to stand up on stage. I forgot my earplugs, so it was, like, so Did it loud. it traumatize you? It traumatized me. You were, like, Be- flipping guitar picks at me, like, after every song. But
1: I invited you last summer, and you didn't come, so I didn't know yeah. if, like, you I was in to- Idaho. Yeah. No, I was in Idaho. <laughs> i just joking. I told you that. <laughs> um, so, uh, you and I talked about
0: this before. Like, the decision to go back to corn. Like, why did you do that? Especially like, you know, you walked away before, you're like, I can't have anything to do with that world. I know you got a lot of criticism from Christians, probably still do. Um, why'd you go back
1: to the band? Because it's God's fault. He's, he's sneaky, man. It's like my whole story was, oh, he left everything. He left millions of dollars. He left $23 million deal, didn't get any part of it, followed Jesus, and that was like my story. And then, next thing you know, he starts, honestly, I didn't really care about anything because it's the upside-down kingdom with God. It's like, you know, and I didn't care about the riches. I, didn't I loved living by faith. I wanted, to, I, I wanted to, to to just live this thing for real. And so, but he led me back into the band. I, I played that show, and I'm like, that was cool. I got closure because we left in... In a, in a really dysfunctional way. So I, got, I finally got closure with the band. You know, the guy cries and he, he looked at me after the show and he said, if we never do anything together again, thank you for giving me this one last memory. That's what he told me, it was genuine. And so months passed, like two months passed and, and the other guitar player, James, who was like one of my best friends for my whole life, he asked me if, if I wanted to come and write on the new record. And I was like, you know, do my own thing. And, uh, he said the doors open and, uh, we kept in contact and, and I couldn't put it down that just the thought was like reconciliation. That was the word of that year. Like everywhere I went, everybody was saying reconciliation, reconciliation. And I knew that God was reconciling. And so I got counsel, I got advice from people. And next thing you know, I had a meeting with them. I talked to the management and I said, look, this is what I need to come back as far as like, this is who I am now. And, and they said, whatever you want, anything you want. Okay, well, I got a band, I just put a record together and you know, I need to work for the label, I need to tour. Okay, bring your band on tour with Korn. It's like every, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. So here I am and it's been six years. And now everywhere I go, I do things like this in different countries and everything and it's just God's all over it.
0: Yeah. one of the things I just, uh, yeah, give it up. Thank you. And, uh, you know, one of the things I really appreciate you about you is just your heart. Like you're just the real deal. You know, I've, I've seen you on stage like that. I've seen you on stages like this. I've been with you one-on-one and, and, uh, what you see is what you get with you and you're taking the platform and the influence that you have and you're using it to point people to Jesus. And I really appreciate that
1: about you. Right on. Thank you. That means a lot. One scripture that I really try to live and I know there's someone out there that's probably seen the opposite, but it says, consider others better than yourself. So I try to give people like that, the kindness and everything, whether it's airports, whether it's any anywhere, you know, I just try to give people, i like to listen to stories from people because I tell my stories so much and I just, I'd love, I love to hear people. And so, uh, in, in their life journey, And so, yeah, that's it, you know, just trying to be, like, Christ-like, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Janaea,
0: tell us what you're doing now. What are you passionate about? What are you excited about? How's God working in your life?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, honestly, uh, my main passion right now, and I think until I die, is um, I want kids in sickle-parent homes and in foster care system to experience the same care that I did. Um, so me and, uh, um, the, the founder of Awakening Youth, Tiffany Claywell, we started a campaign and it's called Catch the Vision and, um, you can get these books, these bookmarks out on the, uh, bookmarks, oh my goodness, out on the, the, the merchandise table. But, um, there are so many kids who need help like I did that need the the type of care that changed my life, and so we're we need resources, and so our goal is to have 2,000 donors by 20 or sorry by February 22nd, 2020, and so whether that's um, a donation of. Um, $500 for 2020 or $41 per month and so if you feel led to give um, there's a, a bookmark on the, merch, on the merchandise table but it'll help finance um, it'll help give uh, two facilities for boys and girls, it'll help um, license awakening for a group home, it'll help give scholarships to kids who are who don't have the money to come and so um, it's just an incredible thing and I believe in it so much so
1: and I've supported them over the years too, and Corn uh, is now getting involved, and uh, um, yeah, so the cash division thing—it's just you'd be partnering with all of us. You know, we're hoping to put on a, a Indiana show to raise money for them. And there's kids yeah. right now knocking on the door, but they can't yes. get in, and so yeah, they want to get to this to this spot in in their ministry that is just gonna—the door's gonna open and flourish. And these kids need it, man. This. The kids in America are so with, with with the opioids, with the depression, with this, with the with the comments on Instagram, Broken they homes. could shatter a, a young life just with words. You know, there's so much help needed and, and it breaks my heart when people can't get the help because of, you know, lack of resources or whatever. But they're going to they're going to find a way get, to get to the point where they're licensed by the state. So we just got to get them over the hump and, until they're licensed and then it all can can flow naturally, you know.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're big fans of Awakening Youth and love how God's used that ministry to to impact your life. So Thank you. uh, I'd love for you guys to check that out and be supportive Thank of it. You. Hey, uh, can I just ask uh, the two of you, uh, either one, however you guys want to do this, but I'd love for you to just to look out all these people or look into the camera because there's a lot of people on the other side of that camera watching. And anybody today who maybe is here or they're tuned in because somebody invited them, They were a big fan of corn, you know, and that's the only reason why they showed up or they're tuned in, but they're not really into church. They don't know that they believe in God and they're hanging on by a thread looking for hope. What would you say to them?
1: I would say that's that's just like I was. So you were just like I was just a few years ago. And I'm gonna tell it to you straight. One of the definitions of insanity is doing the same things in life and expecting different results. So you have to dig deep inside and say, everything changes now. Everything changes here. All the steps I'm gonna take are gonna work for my good and my life is gonna see different results. So you're here for a reason. You gotta reach deep inside of you and just be bold, man. I promise you, it's been 15 years there's so many other musicians in metal community, there's sports figures, there's, it's not the Ned Flanders days anymore. God is coming and he's working with people and he's making Christianity authentic because it is authentic and the religious stuff is gonna die. And I know, don't get, don't get discouraged by the politicians and everything that brings confusion to it. Jesus is a, is a, is a relational God. Who wants a God that, that doesn't understand suffering? He understands suffering. That's why he came. So, you know, he, everything he went through is because he can look at you as a God and just be like, I understand. Well, I went through this. I understand. He understands. So he's here for you. All you got to do is say yes. That's it. Love it. Love it.
0: Anything you want to add at all or you don't have to?
2: I guess. Um Ditto, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, I would just say, I would just want to encourage anyone who um, is, is an addict or a child-loved addict or knows someone who is an addict, I just wanted to encourage you and know that you're not alone. And I feel like um, kids who grow up with addict parents or single-parent homes, they feel like they can't talk about it. I just want you to know that you're heard and we're, uh, I'm fighting for you, I'm, I'm doing this thing so we can talk about it and create a discussion and you're not alone, so.
1: Yeah, that's great, that's great. Yeah. And I just want to say one last thing. Your kids deserve the best version of daddy, the best version of mommy they can have in this life. Life is too short. Do it for them today. Someone needed to hear that. I think
0: for sure, for sure. Well, uh, what we want to do is, uh, Brian, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray over everyone, uh, but I want to pray over the two of you as well. And uh, Janae, we're going to pray just uh, for, I just think you're at the beginning of your story. It's amazing to see how God's using you and your voice and your platform. I think you're just going to help a ton of, not just young people, um, I think it'll be young people, but I think it'll be people from multiple generations and uh, just really praying for you and what God's going to do through your story. Thank and. um Brian uh, just continued uh, strength. I pray for you regularly anyway, brother. And uh, I know you're getting ready to go back out on tour later this month. Um, I've asked him if I can share this. He's just wrestling with some back pain. And uh, he was just sort of crying out to God uh, yesterday on his drive-in, just asking him to to do something about that. So we want to pray over your back pain and pray over you while you're going to be on the road and uh, the influence that you're going to have over the thousands of people you're going to come into contact with. I appreciate
1: that very much.
0: Yeah. So uh, why don't you uh, pray and then I'll pray over the two of you and and we'll wrap up. All right.
1: Well, Lord, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, we come to you, we just communicate. That's it. You want a relationship. This is not something where we have to go through a priest or anything. We come directly to you. Boldly. That's what your word says. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And grace is the power to help us in our time of need. So I ask you for everybody in here that you would give them that grace to help them in their time of need and give them the boldness to reach out. They have a pastor that is not afraid to go to corn shows, Lord, they can trust this place. We thank you, thank you that no human eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived the wonderful things that you have for us but the next verse says, but you have revealed it to us by your spirit. So your spirit gives us glimpses of the goodness of you and and what you're capable of. So give that gift from the spirit of grace, just of, of that hope in people's hearts right now. I ask you for angels to surround them here and at home. And Lord, just like earlier, I just love seeing that family. The, the dad had tattoos on his face and and mom came up, got baptized, and then three kids after them. It was so touching, and that's what it's about, Lord, family. You're all about family, and we don't have to be cookie cutters looking like everybody else. We can be true, authentic versions of ourselves. Look at me, Lord. I'm freaky looking, and you love me just the way I am, and I thank you for it. And thank you for everything. Bless everybody's new, brand new year, 2020. Amen. Father, we're so grateful
0: for this uh, conversation and just the fact that we can just be real before you. And I thank you for Brian and Jenea, their willingness to share their story with so many people and how they're so quick uh, to admit their own faults and how they still don't have it all figured out, but they continue to point people to you. And uh, I'm grateful that they would take time out of their busy schedule to come and just enc- encourage our church family today. And I just wanna lift the, both of them up. God, I pray for Jenea, As she is uh, launching out into this ministry, as she's finding her voice, as she's getting her footing, and as so many people want to listen to what she has to say, not just because she's Brian's daughter, but because of who she is. And God, I just pray that you would take uh, her story and multiply it a thousand times over to impact and save the lives of countless people who are struggling and feel like they're all alone. Thank you for how the miracle you worked in her life. People that have gone through far less have walked away from you bitter and Janae has chosen to stay sweet and connected to you. And God, I lift up my friend Brian and I'm so thankful for how you've worked in his life. It's, it's amazing, it's supernatural, it's powerful, it's real. And God, I just ask that you touch his back. I know that he's been going through uh, back pain for a while now and um, I just ask that you would heal him and alleviate the pain, especially before he gets ready to go back on tour. And I pray for safety in those travels. I pray that you would help him to continue to uh, chase after you like he is and stay close to you. As you're, you're not anywhere near done with him yet. And I just thank you for the way that he just so freely uses his platform uh, to point people to you. And God, I just pray for that person that came today or is listening or watching today and they, um, a few hours ago, almost talked themselves out of showing up because this is church and they don't know that you're real. They don't believe in you. They've had a bad experience, too many Ned Flanders in their life. And God, I'm so thankful that they decided to show up. And I pray that right now that they would feel your presence, even if they're not sure they believe in you, that they would feel something that they can't fully explain, that they would feel a warmth from your spirit, that they would know that they're loved and they know that they matter, because they do. And I pray that they would come to see so clearly that this isn't a religion, this is the gospel of your grace, and that you receive anybody just as they are, right where they are and want to walk them into a new season of life. And I pray that would happen, not just for one individual, but but multiple people today. That this would be a new beginning. That their story's not over. That they're not too far gone. You love them right where they are. So Father, we give you all the glory for that. We thank you for, for being a real God who loves real people. And we give this to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can we show Brian and Janae how much we appreciate them?
1: Thank you, guys. Happy 2020. Much love, Indianapolis.
0: Hey, I just want to ask you to go ahead and take a seat, if you would, real quick. And we just want to give you just a couple of minutes just to to sit and reflect, Um, and then uh, we're going to dismiss the service. But I really want to um, just hone in on that fact that uh, if you're here today and, man, you feel like God is leading you towards some sort of a decision, and you don't have to have all this figured out today, you don't need to sign anything today, you don't need to do anything today other than just be you and just say, God, I just want to have an encounter with you um, just like Brian and Jenea have, and he's more than willing to meet you in that space. And so I want to encourage you to take a few minutes just to reflect on what you've heard, and uh, and then we'll give you uh, a time to maybe respond here in just a minute. So go ahead and pray.